welcome to the most interesting people in higher education. I'm Lee Bradshaw, and this is a Noodle production. I've spent my entire career collaborating with some of the most influential campus leaders. Together, we've transformed higher ed. In this series, I'll take you on never-heard-before journeys from the narrative arcs of the people evolving some of the most respected institutions in the world. You'll get an insider perspective from the mission-driven administrators, influential professors, devoted researchers, and others that are part of the highly interesting cadre of people transforming higher ed. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Most Interesting People in Higher Ed podcast. I'm your host, Lee Bradshaw. We have a very special edition of the episode of the podcast for you this week, which features one of my very first guests that we had on, the president of Paul Quinn College, Michael Sorrell, who stopped by a Noodle Zoom room to give a quick talk to our employees about Paul Quinn's brand new initiative called the Village Program. The program allows students to bring up to two family members or friends with them to college. President Sorrell and his communications department were gracious enough to let us record the session and upload it so you all could hear it. And if you know him, you know that President Sorrell has some groundbreaking ideas for higher education. But to understand his ideas, you first need to understand his mission. Our vision as an institution is we want to eradicate intergenerational poverty. It's really just that simple. So all of our decisions are made through that lens. There are a lot of different options out there about how higher education can help with this. But to President Sorrell, it's very, very simple. You know, I went to an elite liberal arts college and they told us about lifelong learning. And lifelong learning is great, right? But you know what's really even better? Lifelong earning. A large percentage of the students at PQC are coming from poverty or Pell Grant students. President Sorrell and everyone at PQC have built a school that gives their students the support they need to succeed. And as he explains, the Village Program is a large step in that direction. The Village Program basically says, we're going to send people to school with their network, with their extended family, with their village. And then we're going to give them teammates. We're gonna give them colleagues, to lift more people in their network out of poverty. We are so excited to have President Sorrell back on the podcast and to watch the progression of the Village program in the upcoming years. If you want to read more about the program, we're going to link to some of the articles in the show notes for you. And before we kick it over to President Sorrell, we kindly ask that you please subscribe, rate, and review us whenever you listen to our podcasts. We really appreciate your time and support for the most interesting people in higher ed. Without further delay... Here's our live podcast with Michael Sorrell. Welcome to uh, a hangout with President Sorrell from Paul Quinn College. Uh, if you guys have heard the podcast episode we had, Dr. Sorrell, you were the second guest, I think, if my memory serves correct. We, we met each other uh, in December 2020, recorded in January 2021. It's been that long. Well, it's good, good to see that we were trendsetter. That's right, man. So I'd love to hear uh, just an intro from you. Like, uh, I think everybody's read up on you and all the good work you're doing and everything, but uh, how do you describe yourself uh, today? I think how you described yourself in 2021 early might, might be similar, but you've been up to a lot of stuff. So I'll, I'll let you take the mic. Oh, I, I, mean, I just describe myself as a father and a nation builder. <laughs> That's about, I tend to try and keep things simple, right? I have an 11 year old, a seven year old, and a beautiful wife. And so I am, when I am not nation building, 
I'm just trying to make sure that uh, I do a good job as a father and a husband. Love that. I uh, I have some I have some questions that I, that I wrote in advance of this just to lead into you know the program you yes. all are building and and what's going on at Paul Quinn. I, uh, I I'm still I remain fascinated with it. I saw you briefly in the hallway at ASU GSV and uh, I know you're moving around, so um, I'm excited to get back in touch and all this. But um, I guess for starters, like how uh, you guys you guys are launching a pretty innovative program. You're you're allowing incoming students who are enrolling to also enroll two family members or friends. I don't think that's been done before. Not not that I've, not that I've, yeah, no. Okay. Why'd you do it? Like, what, uh, what do you, what are you after? It's it's pretty amazing. Got got everybody's attention. I'd love to hear what you're going for. Yeah. So to understand the village program, you have to understand the institutional ethos of Paul Quinn College. And you have to also understand that our vision and what we're committed to. So our institutional ethos is this idea of we over me. The needs of a community supersede the wants of an individual. Uh, In our world, you don't get to be selfish. We are all here for a greater purpose than our own selfish pursuits. And the language of being, you know, we over me and putting the needs of a community before the wants of an individual, that's very intentional. We're not saying that people shouldn't have their needs met. What we're saying is that someone else's needs should come before your wants. And we live in a country, in a society where 45 million of us are living in poverty. And yet we're supposed to pretend that in the wealthiest country in the world or one of the wealthiest countries in the world, that we don't have the ability to address these issues. You know, I used to, back before the pandemic, I used to give a talk where I pointed out that, you know, America's billionaires made so much money the year before that they could have ended poverty permanently. And we just act as if it's okay that people struggle, that it's okay that they lead lives of scarcity and that we cannot do something about it. And we reject that idea. And so our vision as an institution is we want to eradicate intergenerational poverty. It's really just that simple. So all of our decisions are made through that lens. And, you know, people in higher education always want to tell you, oh, education cures poverty. No, it doesn't, right? Money cures poverty, all right? Like, so if you really want to cure poverty, speak to the cause of poverty, which is the lack of sufficient resources and a financial, from a financial standpoint. And so we created the Urban Work College model. And the Urban Work College model was the subject of my dis- dissertation at University of Pennsylvania. And the idea was really how can institutions of higher education do more? And one of the things that was very, very clear to me was this idea that we were out of touch. And I said we, I mean the education landscape is out of touch with the realities of everyday life. For example, most people have no idea that the majority of K through 12 students attending public schools in our country come from low income backgrounds, right? So those students are living in poverty. Those are students who, if not for the free lunch programs, probably wouldn't eat, right? Or eat nutritious meals. So that's problematic on a number of fronts, right? First of all, can you imagine the trauma in your life compounded daily by the idea that you can't have enough to eat. 
So if you don't have enough to eat, chances are you're coming home and some days the lights don't come on, that you're living this life that is difficult. And so we wonder why our students don't fare better in school. Well, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. When I first became president of Paul Quinn, I was giving a talk and one of my favorite students was sitting in the front row and he was squinting. Now, as someone who has worn glasses my entire life, Okay, like I, I was one of those kids where you had the little glasses in like the first grade pictures and stuff like that, right? Yeah, look, some of you all uh, nodding your head like, Emily, I think you feel me on that, right? All right, right? So if you can't see and I'm 10 feet away from you, so I stopped the speech and I just said to the students, I said, hey, how many of you would be interested in going to see the eye doctor if we arranged it? And we were blown away by the response. By the end of it, we had to get glasses for 15% of our student body. Think about that for a moment. You can't see. I'm annoyed when, uh, and let me just own it, you know, I'm, I'm in the progressive phase of my eyesight, my relationship with my eyes, right? And for those of you who don't know what progressives are, just live long enough, you will, all right? And so when, you know, I picked these cool looking frames and I went back to the optometrist and was like, hey, I, I think there's something wrong with my prescription. He's like, no, you picked a pair of glasses where your progressives aren't, like they don't work with your progressives. You have to lift them up. So I'm annoyed. I tell you that because I'm annoyed when I just have to lift my glasses up like this so I can read. Imagine if you can't see every day. You're sitting in class, your head hurts, you're droopy-eyed, you're unengaged, you're disengaged. It's not because you aren't smart enough. It's not because you don't care. It's because you can't see the board. If that's the life you're leading, what else is suffering? And so I give you this backstory because at the foundation, this is what the village program is about. It's about this idea that we expect first-generation college students and Pell Grant students to be the superheroes in their own stories, right? We ask them to do the most with the least. We pretend that we don't realize that when they go off to school, it's not just them. It's their networks, it's their families, it's their village. And then when those students break down under the pressure, or they struggle because their margins are so thin, then we act as if there was something wrong with them. And there wasn't anything wrong with them. There was something wrong with the system that put them in that situation. Now, you know, I don't know if this is a superheroes group, right? But almost everyone I know has seen one of the Marvel Avengers movies, right? I think you need a crew, all right? You can't beat Thanos by yourself. All right, like you need a crew. So the village program is a nod to creating a village for our first generation students, our Pell Grant students. You know, we're creating an Avengers for them. And Thanos is poverty, right? So the idea of the village program is very simply this. 
If you are a Pell Grant student with a 3.0 or better, you can attend Paul Quinn and bring two family members or friends with you. Those family members or friends start out either in our certificate program, which is called PQCX, or they start out in our online program. That was intentional. If they start out in PQCX for the first course we pay for, right? And the PQCX is our certificate program that basically all of our students here will start going through. The first certificate is Microsoft Office, right? You become certified in that. And, and the reason we picked that was this. Did you know you can make 60 or $70,000 a year if you're Microsoft Office certified? So you're no longer living in poverty. So if you're with us one year, because each year you get a different certificate. The first one is the Microsoft Office certificate. So I had this really unenlightened, I'm positive as someone who must have watched Fox News, right? But um, if any of you watch Fox News, I'm just kidding, right? So the, the point is, the person said to me, hey, if they can make that much money after one year, why would they keep going to your college? And I was sort of like, listen, dum-dum, if we can teach them to do that well after one year, imagine what we can do after four, all right? It's that type of scarcity mentality that we have to fight back against. So the certificate program, we pay for the first one. The second one is sales. Because if you have a certificate in Microsoft Office and sales, you're gonna be fine, all right? So those, they start out in that and they can go to the online program. And part of the reason why we send them to the online program is because it's affordable. It's Pell Grant plus like $1,500. So even if you borrow, have to borrow $1,500 a year to finish, you're graduating with less than $10,000 of debt with a college degree, right? So the Village program basically says, we're going to send people to school with their network, with their extended family, with their village. And then we're going to give them teammates. We're gonna give them colleagues to lift more people in their network out of poverty. And that's what it is. Appreciate all of that. And my favorite person to have on is when I just ask one question and we get all of the answers to every question I had written down. Um, <laughs> I'm here to make your life what's, easier. What's uh, what's the response been like at the community? Like, what 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 are the existing students saying? What are the folks around the campus saying? What are the families saying? Like, what what's that been like? I mean, it, we saw the we saw the announcement. You you saw the impact. What's that? It's it's really interesting. So, first off, one of the things about being at Paul Quinn is sometimes we're so far ahead of the curve that people. <laughs> People are trying to figure out, like, when we announced it, you could kind of see the students, they were like, we're super excited. They were yelling and screaming. And then they were almost like, wait a minute. What? Right? Like, you're saying I can bring two people with me to school? And, and, and then it's, it's sinking in. So the other really interesting part, we announced this with Fort Worth ISD. All right, and we're in Dallas. We didn't announce it with Dallas ISD, not because we don't love Dallas ISD, just because Fort Worth ISD 
you know, as I tell people all the time, if you go to a party, are you going to dance with the people who look like they want to dance with you? Or are you going to spend the whole night hoping that mm. the person over there in the corner might want to dance with you? I'm dancing, okay? I can't speak for anybody else in Noodle. Maybe you wanted to wait on the people in the corner. Not me, okay? So Fort Worth ISD wanted to dance. <laughs> we, we got a DJ and we danced, all right? And so now it's interesting to watch the other school districts sort of saying, hey, what about us? And the reality of it is, this is just a precursor to a radical shift in how we're doing recruiting. Because starting in the fall, we're only gonna recruit from a handful of school districts and schools across the yeah. country. And we're selecting them. And we're offering them the ability to be in the village program and all the other benefits to Aquinnite education. And listen, here's some of the benefits of Aquinnite education. There are four pillars, right? Remember, we're trying to eradicate poverty. So we're hedging our bets. And, and this is, you know, I went to an elite liberal arts college and they told us about lifelong learning. And lifelong learning is great, right? But you know what's really even better? Lifelong earning, okay? People need to be able to earn for their lifetime. So what we're doing is there are four foundational pillars to a Parkland education. There's your subject matter expertise, and that's what you major in. But just out of curiosity, how many of you knew and finished majoring in what you thought you were going to major in when you got to college? Exactly, right? And, you know, Marcy, bless you. You were an enlightened soul. Um, me, I was pre-med, and it was a really short pre-med career, all right? So um, I found out pre-med was not conducive to college basketball and the social life. Right? I was going to kill people as a doctor, all right? So, so subject matter expertise is what you decide to major in. The second one is we're a work college. We're an urban work college. So every residential student gets a job. They get an internship. So that's experiential learning. That's the second pillar. The third pillar is PQCX and the certificate program. The fourth pillar starts in the next 18 months, and that is every student at Paul Quinn has to create a business, all right? So they have to create a business plan. They have to pitch the business. They have to go through that process. You can't graduate unless you have developed a business idea. Babson is going to be our partner on this. And if you're familiar with Babson, they're the best entrepreneurship store in the world. And it's going to be extraordinary. So now if you come to Parkland, let's say you major in something, but you don't want to do that. Then you intern in four different places during college. You know, yeah, that was cool, but I don't want to do any of those. Then you say, well, look, I have four certificates, but I'm happy I have Microsoft Office. I'm happy I know how to sell. I'm happy I learned how to code Python. I'm happy that I have the certificate in data science, but I don't want to do any of those. What I really want to do is build on my business. So we poverty-proofed education by giving people the best path forward. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. Appreciate that. No one else is doing this stuff too. So it's like, it's, it's really fascinating to hear you go through, like, I mean, you were the, you turned a football field into a, into a farm, right? For, so people could eat. Now you're, now you're letting family come to school so they can learn. Anybody in the, uh, Alex, I see a hand raised. We have like four minutes for questions. Maybe we can get one in. 
And I can stay a little longer because I, it was my fault that we started late. So I'm happy. You know, I don't want to be disrespectful of anyone's time, but you know, that was my fault, not you all. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. I can, I can leave somebody as a host. I, I got a, I got a boogie at one, but I can leave somebody as a host and I'll take the call. Jamal, I see it. Yep. You're my man. All right. Alex, you're Lee? up. Go ahead. No, someone else had a question and I'll come in. So, I'm fascinated by all this and I have a master's of social work. I, I'd like to say I, I share the, the same alumni experience at Penn. I'm kind of passionate about first generation students. I'm wondering if you have done a little bit around the demographic of single mothers who particularly struggle to get back to school or earn these kinds of skills. And if you have thought about as part of your wraparound services, providing information or partnerships on parenting or daycare so that they're able to move forward with more uh, complex family backgrounds in their lives uh, that, they, that they're dealing with. No, great question. So there's two answers. One is not on our primary campus, mm -hmm. but we have another surprise coming that I'm not at liberty to announce yet. Of course you do. Okay. That, mm -hmm. that will address the issue, that will help address the issue you raise. And mm -hmm. as we go forward with our expansion campuses, they will help provide for many of those things. And then have you identified, because this is some of the work that I'm passionately interested in, particular points or stages at which you see students may fall off or fall back, a typical expected conflict or obstacle they need to push through that you've learned in your work is where you need to provide that extra support in getting them through. Yeah, that's literally like our whole college, right? Like not to be funny about it, but mm -hmm. like we, we built the work college model because people couldn't afford to go to school. We mm -hmm. went out and got internships for students because the internships and the jobs they were getting were not allowing them to complete school or be successful in school. We, every student who enters Paul Quinn gets a mental health evaluation because mm -hmm. there's so much undiagnosed mental wow. illness in wow. incoming students. We charge $18,000 a year for everything, room, board, mm -hmm. tuition, and fees <clears throat> because people couldn't afford to go to school. You know, we're trying to be anticipatory, but there's mm -hmm. also such a thing as people have to work on resilience, right? Mm -hmm. So we're trying to help them understand what that looks like by also speaking to their, their needs. So, so the short answer is no. We, we don't have a special program. The longer answer is we built a college so that we wouldn't have to have a special program. Thank you, President Sorrell. My name is Alex Ajon, part of the Noodle team um, living in DC. Uh, so I wanna thank you for your uh, taking time to join us and Lee and everyone else. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us for this conversation. Uh, truly enjoyed you at the ASU conference as well. I did have a question about your colleagues and other presidents around the uh, country. Have they started reaching out to you? Has this, your initiatives, uh, are they contagious? And are some of your are you able to share some of your findings with them? So here's the thing: the, yes, there are other people who try and mimic what we do, but there are awful lot of people who make up excuses for why they can't. Here's the thing: we built this stuff with little to no money, so that we could show the 
people that what you really need is the will. Mm. So I think there are there are folks who are branching out doing different things. I mean, this one, it's interesting because some of the state schools are trying to figure out how to do the village program, right? And the reality of it is they should, okay? I mean, this, this idea never should have come from Paul Quinn College, all right? This should have come from someone else with way more resources and, and, a and, a, and it's written into their charter to serve in this kind of way. So I think people will do it, but even if they don't, I don't care. It's still the right thing to do. Um, we're building a network of urban work colleges. We'll just keep doing it ourselves. Like I, I don't, I don't do. We don't lead that way, right? Come, don't come. You know, wish everyone well. They've got to do them. We're gonna go do us. Anyone else questions for President Sorrell? All right, I will ask one final question then. Uh, as you guys think about the trajectory of the just your your. I'll call it your, your suite of offerings, uh, particularly for alumni, people five, 10 years out, right? Uh, what's the vision for uh, keeping them engaged and keeping this kind of ecosystem going? And it may be early, but you guys are pretty forward thinking. So I'm guessing that's probably already on the roadmap is, is you know, you mentioned lifelong earnings, lifelong learnings, uh, not just in those four to six years, but, but beyond. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's funny you mentioned that, Jamal, because PQCX was actually created because we have an issue. Paul Quinn today is radically different than what Paul Quinn has ever been. Mm -hmm. And that, that's not always welcomed yeah. by many of our alums, right? Let me be very clear. You know, I've got some folks that when they see me on the street, it's not love, okay. <laughs> right? right? Let's be very clear, especially our former football players, right? Because you right. know, their football field is a farm, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't get in Sports Illustrated because of the football team, we got in Sports Illustrated because of the farm, right? Like, so right. There's, some, there's some sensitivities there, but what our students are capable of and the opportunities that they are getting now are very different than what students got 20 years ago. They're different than what students got 15 years ago. The work program has changed what people are able to do. And, you know, listen, when I, when I entered Paul Quinn, there was no admission standards. It was open enrollment. We had a 1% graduation rate. Right, 1%, do you know how hard it is that a 1% graduate? Like the dedication you have to be to run off 99% of your students, <laughs> I still can't wrap my mind around that. But so now the minimum grade point average to be admitted is a 3.0. And the, the, the graduation rate in this cohort is projected to be 40%, right? Now look, I'm not dancing in the street because I want the graduation rate to be 90%, 90-95%, but I do have to take a moment to acknowledge that raising your graduation rate by more than 30 percentage points is an accomplishment, right? So 
as you can imagine with these different metrics and these different standards, there are different outcomes and possibilities, right? I, I mean, JP Morgan Chase was the number one, made the most offers to any company in our senior class. We had a student who graduated in December, went to work for the Carlisle Group, right? She's doing private equity. What? That, that, you know, I mean, so what we realized is we have to make a way for our alums to get upskilled and reskilled as well. PQCX is that mechanism. That's what it was actually founded to do. And we realized that it just had significantly larger potential. And so we just opened it up for everyone. But the alums still have entree to it. And we created, we merged the career placement and alumni affairs operation mm -hmm. so that our alums, because what you don't ever want to do is make people feel less than. Sure. So by incorporating the career placement into the alumni affairs, it, it allowed us to minister to that area in a very, in, in a very open and sensitive way. Yeah, that's right. They didn't have to come ask for help. Help was sort of part of the framework built into it. That's yeah. exactly. I'm yeah. going to actually say that because you said it so much better than I did. <laughs> I will be borrowing that. Thank you. You're Thank more than you. welcome. It's the least we can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. President Sorrell, thank you so much for your time. Incredibly enlightening uh, and, and inspiring. We all try to be better every day, create ideas, frameworks that work, push the limits. And, and this is, uh, I think, a lesson for all of us that we just got to work harder. Fantastic. So really, really appreciate it. And uh, I hope we can continue to dialogue on a different day. So thank you all so much. Absolutely. You all take care and good yeah, luck. Thank you. Thank you all. And that's our show. Thank you for listening to the most interesting people in higher education. This listening experience is brought to you by Noodle, the network of online higher education programs. Our mission is to lower the cost of higher ed through a pursuit of excellence in online learning. And make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. See you next time.